Good morning. Can you hear me? Maybe a little closer. Is that better? Good morning, everyone. It's a great morning to be here. It's, I'm excited about Church Eat Church. I'm excited about um, just being here with every one of you. This is the first class to our uh, to our new quarter. So I'll just take a few minutes to tell you what uh, what to look forward to here. Uh, this class, uh, Clint Harbison and I will be uh, co-teaching, so we're going to alternate. Planning on alternating weeks, that may not work out. We may just alternate topics and see how it goes. Um, but the theme of this class, this or this this quarter, is going to be uh, we're going to examine the fundamentals of the faith. Um, what's kind of interesting, exciting about that to me is sometimes we need that opportunity to just remind ourselves of the basics and investigate a little bit and say, do I understand the fundamentals of my faith like I think I do? Because uh, for me, if you're like me at all, um, you know, I feel like I have a good understanding, but a lot of times it's a high-level understanding, and maybe I can dig a little deeper into that and understand it a little more. So that being said, I encourage a lot of discussion. Um, uh, I encourage comments, uh, not too lengthy comments, you know, because we do have a lot of material to get through. But I do have, uh, I do want to hear your comments. I encourage you to ask questions. Um, and like I said, we might not be able to get through every topic in one class, but we're going to do the best we can. But more importantly, instead of trying to rush through it, we want to make sure that we can actually retain and understand what it is that we have discussed. So like I said, no rush. Uh, that being said, I think... We'll get into this first topic this week. We're going to look at authority in religion. And what is authority? And I may ask you questions throughout this, so please, I, I encourage you to answer the questions, somebody to participate and answer the questions. But I'll start it off. I have authority is the right to command and enforce obedience and the power to give orders. That's what authority is, and that's how we're going to look at it when it comes to authority in religion. Um, is authority necessary in our lives? Collectively, yes. Authority is definitely necessary in our lives. You can think about every aspect of our lives right now where if we didn't have authority, what would that look like? If you think of authority uh, in your families and in your homes, at work, you think of authority uh, in schools, I think of authority in uh, the government, uh, the military, things like that. So we have to have authority in every aspect of our lives. And um, it's important because if we don't have authority, what's it look like? It's chaos, right? It's chaos. What do we lack if we don't have authority? Also, besides just, besides having chaos, what will we lack if we don't have authority, especially in religion? What is it? Discipline, security, unity, right? Can't have unity without authority, because we all have to be working under that same uh, authorized script that we've been uh, provided with. If you think about things in the, uh, in the secular world that we are fine with having authority over, that being like, um, like uh, some of the examples I have here are the stock market. If we didn't have an authoritative standard of currency, um, sporting events, if there was an authoritative set of rules, um, what else we got? Uh, the military, we already talked about that. Imagine the military without authority. It would be a disaster, right? Um, everything that we do 
requires authority, and nowhere else is this authority more essential than it is in religion. And why is that essential in our religion? Well, because we have to have that that standard to go by. We have to have um, that authority that we base our religion and our beliefs on and our faith on. That's what determines our eternal salvation, right? We have to know what we're looking at and what we're getting that from. So um, without authority and religion, like we said earlier, we would have a lot of division. We would have chaos and confusion. All that would exist without authority. And not everybody likes authority, right? Not everybody respects authority. In my opinion, that just shows a much greater need for more authority or for actual authority. Um, And we can see it in the world today that there is a lack of authority, especially even in religion, because we have so much division and so much uh, difference. So we need to think about it sometimes when it comes to our faith. Let's just take a pause and think about where we are in respecting and understanding and recognizing the religion that's there for us or the authority that's there for us. So with that being said, you know, it's very important that we that we identify what that is and we stick to it. Jesus taught that there are two two uh, sources of authority. Anybody want to take a shot at what those two sources of authority are? Where's one, where's one authority come from? One source of authority, where does it come from? Come from God, from heaven, right? Authority from heaven. The second source of authority, where possibly could that come from? What is it? Government. Government, man, right? A little uh, voice that talks to you. Do what? A little voice that talks to you. <laughs> there you go. A little voice that talks to you. Matthew 21, uh, 23 through 27 states, And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders came up to him as he was teaching, and he said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? And Jesus answered to them, I will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where did it come from? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things then. They didn't know the authority, and they should have. And Jesus knows the authority, and that's what he's saying. So there's two sources of authority, and those come from heaven. The authority from heaven is the authority that we need to obey and we need to respect. The authority from man would be the authority that we need to reject and that we need to um, not obey, right? Any questions? Comments? Um, You know, obviously it's important that we can tell the difference between authority that's coming from heaven and authority that's coming from man. And I think sometimes that's where it starts to get a a little dicey. And obviously everybody in this room probably understands we all agree we know where our authority comes from. But let's, you know, just be mindful that we need to constantly be examining ourselves to make sure that we aren't letting some of this other slip in. Um, as man tried to make an, any attempts to establish 
human authority or his own authority when it comes to religion? Absolutely. Uh, and he's always failed, you know. There's no, he's failed because we failed because there's, you know, not for any lack of trying, like we said, but because it's just not there. We look two different places for um, authority in religion when it comes to human authority in religion. What would those be? Well, I'll tell you, actually. Never mind. I'm going to tell you. We look externally, and we look internally for those things. Um, so, externally. Give me an example of how man might look externally for authority or human authority in religion. If you're looking for authority, if you're looking for what you need to know, that you like, that imagine what man would say or look for um, to guide him or give him his authority in religion. That's, the Bible is where we should look, right? That's where it comes from. That's where we get it. When man looks for it for himself to find his own human authority that he, that he can uh, apply into religion, um, what about following the majority? We follow the majority. That's when we do, you know, we, we, go, uh, we go awry there. Uh, Exodus 23, 2. You shall not fall with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice. We've got to be careful that we never find ourselves just going with the crowd, right? Again, we need to be looking for it ourselves. What about following groups of men? What would that be? What groups of men would we follow? Actually, what groups of men or just a single man? How, how does that ever happen? That's right. We can put our confidence in a preacher, a favorite preacher. We can put our confidence, or some people put their confidence in the Pope. Some people put their confidence in um, you know, conferences or councils or... Um, what else could they be? Church councils, associations. They look for that authority in those situations, which is not there. And then a the big one, I know that we all know. Go ahead. That's right, because they just come across so dynamic and exciting, and you just you get drawn into it, right? Um, and it, it just comes, you know, these are places that we can, if we're not careful, we can be pulled away as easily as anybody else. Um Another one I have here, and I'm sure you all are aware of this because we talk about this all the time, is um, human traditions. How do traditions impact impact us as far as um, looking for, or how, how do you see that? How do, how do we look to traditions, and how does that mess us up? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, thanks, Jimmy, for my next point. But... Um, I'll get there in a second, too. Uh, but yes, um, human traditions, uh, Matthew 15, 3 through 9 says, He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you have gained from me is given to God, he does not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do, they do worship me, teaching as doctrine doctrines the commandments of men. Right there, go ahead. What you point out is really where we have this 
That's right. If we impose some of those traditions, which aren't necessarily, if, if we make those traditions more doctrine just on our own, that's when we can cause problems and, and cause problems not just for ourselves, but other people who we're trying to, to reach as well. Right. Thanks, Andy. Um, so again, traditions, we have to make sure that we don't look for those externally. Uh, human creeds, confessions of faith, uh, church disciplines and, and manuals, uh, those are places that man has looked externally. And as Jeremy mentioned a minute ago, um, the beliefs of our ancestors. Uh, I'm sure that uh, we all probably know someone in our lives uh, who has a faith that they call their own, but really it's based off of the faith of their parents or their grandparents or just how that's just came down through the years and been passed to them and they just believe what they've been told and they're not really seeking it for themselves. Um, so again, our faith needs to be our own faith and our, our, uh, that, that, uh, where we find that authority. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute, but that's how we can look for it externally. Internally, personal feelings. You ever had somebody tell you that they just, they just feel a certain way? Proverbs 28.6 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. All right? So it's not necessarily just how we feel. You know, Our feelings towards uh, God and our faith and our religion are important, but our feelings need to be based off the right things, not just off of you know, how, we, how we perceive it. Um, individual conscience and sincerity. You know, this, this might be... Um, at one point in my life, I may have fell into this category a little bit more, where I just felt like, you know what, I'm a good person, but I just wasn't educated enough. I didn't know what the Bible said. I didn't know what, what authority was directing me to where I needed to be. And now I know that, and I can see it now, and it's clear as day. But we have to make sure that uh, we don't allow those to, to creep in, and we help others to identify those as well. Um, but ultimately, there's no adequate internal or external authority uh, or human authority in religion. Um, neither man nor devices are adequate in uh, authority uh, for the religion. Um, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death, Proverbs 14:12. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps, Jeremiah 10:23. There are many, uh, you know, many ways and devices of man can lead him far from God. And even Jesus taught us, if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a pit. And that's in Matthew 15. So we need to recognize uh, that no matter where we look for outside of the Bible, we're not going to find the proper authority. Any questions or comments so far? Any thoughts? Right. Yeah, and I think you know, I think we're all um, we're all aware. We're all we all know that that's not proper. But if we think about it and, and truly investigate ourselves thoroughly, um, we can probably find uh, times in our our lives where uh, we were guilty of doing the same. Um, so, knowing that authority is necessary in all aspects of life. Authority is very necessary in religion. We know that authority cannot be found for man internally or externally to have any impact on that authority. Who has the ultimate authority? Where does it come from? It comes from God. 
God has the ultimate authority, right? Acts 17, 24, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heavens and earth, does not live in temples made by man. He created it all. He sustains it all. He sustains us. That should be evidence enough that, you know, the authority is coming from him. Um, all authority inherently resides in uh, God the Father. Um, Hebrews 1, 2, or Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So God's all, God has all the authority, right? He passed that down to Jesus, right? Jesus now has all the authority over all things uh, in heaven and on earth. Um, and if you, uh, I'll read this too, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Can't argue with that. He's the head over um, the head and the authority over all, including the church. Right? It says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this stage, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Christ, God's, God has all the authority. He's passed that down to Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, Christ now has authority over everything um, on the earth and in heaven. And those, uh, you know, I, I, think, I found it interesting um, Obviously, it shows us in Acts 3 that there are consequences. Uh, he's, you know, we're, they're clear as, as day that there are consequences to not, um, n- not obeying that authority. Um, and those, at that time, I find that it's interesting. Um, obviously, they didn't have the Bible like we have it now, uh, but they heard him speak. And the people who, he heard, who heard him speak just recognized his authority uh, instantly. I mean, it was just, it, you, there was no denying it. Um, and I just find that interesting how, how um, it says that in Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And when Jesus, Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. They recognized the difference, and I think we recognize the difference too. Uh, and it's it's important that we make sure that we continue to uh, recognize the difference. When um, Christ had the authority here on earth, um, Christ had the authority here on earth. Uh, his authority resides in his word. The authoritative words he spoke were from who? Were they Christ's words? Who were the words from? They were from God. Right? He, God was speaking through Christ. Um, he even says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who, gave, who sent me gave me, who, who sent me, gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. John 12, 49. Whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. John 12, 50. Um, so everything that Christ is telling us is from God. God has that ultimate authority that we have to have in religion. He's passing it down for us 
to where we, we get everything that, that we need to know in order to be, obey the proper authority. Comments or questions? Any thoughts? Yeah. That's right. That's right, Daryl. You know, it, it's when when you're here on Sunday or morning and Sunday evening, um, it's easy to be a Christian, right? When you're by Tuesday, you know your batteries are still are still pretty full on Monday, and you're and you're doing pretty well. By Tuesday, you know you start to just you feel like if you're not careful, you can start to slip being out there, and so. This scripture, the scripture, and everything that we that we believe is part of our faith. We, it has to be who we are. It has to be who, what's inside of us, what we project, what we put out, what comes out of us, and how we live, and not just what we do in this building or even when we're just gathered around together, uh, because we can take we can take what we know to be the truth and we can spread that. But if we're not living it, we're not spreading it like we're supposed to be. Anything else? All right. Um, when Christ delivers his all-authoritative word to his apostles, um, he did that. He spoke speaking to them while he was on earth, right? What happens when he leaves earth? What happens when he ascends? How does he continue that? How do they continue to get the word? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit right? He sends the Holy Spirit. So you can kind of see how that's all working. It's all-encompassing coming from God. It gets delivered down to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ then passes it through the Holy Spirit onto the apostles, and that's what they do. Um, while he was with his apostles, he gave them the words of the Father. That's in John 17. And when Jesus left the earth, he sent the Spirit to the apostles, and the Spirit would do what? John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to you, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit's going to teach, right? He's going to teach all things. Also, it says He will bring to them remembrance of all things. And then in uh, John 16, verse 13, it says, "When the Spirit of the truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority." But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So he will guide them. So he's going to teach them. He's going to bring them the remembrance of all things that they've been taught. He's going to guide them in all the truth. And Mark 13, 1 says, And when they bring you to trial and deliver you, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And he's going to speak through them. He's going to teach them. He's going to bring them a remembrance of all things. He's going to guide them in all the truths, and he will speak through them. And uh, like Christ would speak the words of, and the will of the Father. So now we get to what we have in the Bible. We have um, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Before we dig into that for a second, are there any comments or questions about what we just talked about, about how that uh, that authority is funneling down uh to the apostles and where it's coming from. Okay. The apostles spoke and they wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? The inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's given to them, right? 
That's it's it never came by any interpretation of man. Correct. This is not man's interpretation. Um, it never came by the will of man, um, which can be found. These scriptures are, can be found in Second uh, Peter. If you look at Second Peter 1 and 20 and 21, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, it was never any private interpretation of man. It never came from the will of man. And it was inspired, it was the result of inspired men, uh, meaning that they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And they are the words of God. They're not the words of men, 1 Thessalonians. And they're the commandments of the Lord and not of man, 1 Corinthians 14. The inspired writings reveal to us the mind and the will of who? The mind and the will of God. These writings remind us or uh, reveal to us the mind and the will of God. Uh, and then also I have note the scripture was given so that man might have the writer's understanding of that word. Right? So therefore, if, if you think about that, the 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 authority of God is found where? Where can we look for to get the authority of God, to find it? In his word, right? If we're not in his word, we don't know what the authority of God is. If we don't know what the authority of God is, you know, what are we doing? Um, they're preserved in the Bible. You know, his inspired words are preserved in the Bible. Um, it's the same word that God gave to the Son, and it's the same word that the Son passed through the Holy Spirit and given to the apostles. It's the same word that is the same word that's written in the Bible. So what is the words that are written in the Bible? What are they? They're God's words. They're God's words, right? Um, he authorizes the teachings and practices only found in, in found where in the Bible? The New Testament, right? That's the only practices and teachings that are authorized by God is the teachings and the, and the uh, practices found in the New Testament. Um, it is that is our one and only, our single objective standard uh, when it comes to religious matters uh, today. And anything other than that is what it's not authorized. Anything other than what is taught to us and given to us by the inspired word in the Bible in the New Testament is not authorized for uh, teaching and practice by us today. Therefore, obviously, um, if we know that, we need to know what it says in the New Testament. We need to understand it. You have to know the Bible to do the Bible, right? Any questions? Comments? That's right. That's right. If we go any other way, we're just doomed, you know. Um, you're right, because God loves us. He cares for us. He's given us everything that we need uh, to be able to achieve the salvation that he wants us to have. Um, and that kind of leads us into um, the next point that I want to discuss is his authoritative word, God's all-authoritative word, has been 
sufficiently delivered to us and completely delivered to us. Correct? Would everybody agree with that? All right. It's sufficient in what? It's everything we need. Right. It's everything that we need. And that's what's given us everything that we possibly need to be able to achieve and get to salvation that um, he's promised us if we obey. It's all delivered. I think that's that's an interesting one. It's all delivered. Somebody give me just a comment. What do you think that means, all delivered? That's right. There's nothing else, right? There's nothing else that we need that he hasn't provided us that we would have to have in order to be able to achieve salvation. It's all there. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. And with it, man is complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, if we if we tell ourselves or if we think to ourselves that there's more um, that's needed than what is provided to us in the Bible, what are we saying about God? If we try to say that there's more than what has been provided that we need, that's right. He, he, then it's like it's like we're saying the wisdom of God wasn't complete. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not enough. Like, he didn't do enough to make sure that we have what we needed. And that's just, that's really just taking, that's taking a lot away from God. So we've we got to be careful and make sure that um, we don't have that idea or fall into those traps where we start to follow things or add things to or take away, which we'll talk about a little bit more here in just a couple of minutes. Um, it's everything that we need uh, to preach uh, the fullness of the gospel. Right? We don't need anything else to be able to teach others how to achieve that salvation. Everything we need is in the Bible right here. Um, there is not another gospel except for the one that has been. It's in Galatians 1. Um, so there's only the one gospel. And anything else that's taught outside of that, uh, let those people be accursed. I'm paraphrasing that in Galatians. Um, it's the perfect law of liberty. Uh, I'm going to read... Uh, James 1, real quick. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Um, But it is the perfect law um, of liberty. So, with all that being said, we uh, we know what authority is. We know authority is necessary in all aspects of our lives. We, are, uh, we know that man has tried and continues to try to find a human source of authority externally and internally uh, and continues to fail to do so because that will never be able to happen. Um, we've talked about who has the ultimate authority and where it came from. It came from God. He has the ultimate authority. He's passed that down to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ passed that down to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit continued to teach and guide the the apostles. And now we have the Bible, which gives us every single word that we need that was spoken by God. And this is God's word, every bit of it. And it's everything that we possibly need in order to be able to achieve our salvation. Right. So what's our knowing that what should our response be to um, God's authority and his word? Submissive. I'm sorry, what was it? We should follow his word. We should be submissive. We should obey. We should respect. We should respect it. Um, we must accept God's will completely. 
That, um, a second, I want to read a scripture for you. Excuse me. Luke, Luke 10, 16. The one who hears me hears you, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects he who sent me. So, obviously, um, we have to respect that completely, at a 100%. Um, as, does somebody have a comment? I think that um, what this all boils down to is we can hear the Bible, we can hear the Word, we can, we can come to service, we can sit in classes, but we have to know the Bible for ourselves. It's our responsibility to know what the Bible says in every aspect of our lives. Uh, if we're going to say that it has the ultimate authority, that's where we need to be searching. We need to be searching the Scriptures at all times for ourselves. Um, we do rely on elders and preachers uh, and teachers to guide us and to give us the, uh, the insight and the information that maybe we have a hard time finding ourselves, but ultimately the responsibility lies on us to know what the scripture says so that we can uh, obey it uh, like, like we're supposed to. And that will also help keep us and guard us from being led astray by uh, external and internal sources. Um, let's see. Uh, if we walk by faith, uh, and we need to be walking according to his word. Um, he says in John 14, uh, we demonstrate our love for him by keeping his commandments. And then the key is, as I mentioned a minute ago, we are not to add or subtract anything from God's word. And I think this is what catches a lot of people and gets a lot of people in trouble, right? Is um, we try to sometimes match our faith to our lifestyle when we should be matching our lifestyle to our faith. And if we, if we are not matching our lifestyle to our faith, we've got it wrong. So whatever the Bible says, we are to do. If it says not to do it, we shouldn't do it. Um, but we also should not be adding or taking away to his word to make it fit us and make us feel better about how we're living. Um, those who uh, elevate their own doctrines and ideas above uh, the, and traditions above God's word. If you look in uh, Mark, real quick, Mark 7. It says, You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your traditions. I read this a minute ago, obviously, but... Um, for Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and, he, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or mother whatever he should gain from me as, as Corbin, that's you know, like an offering, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and mother, thus making void the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down. And many such things you do. So it's those opportunities where they have uh, added to or taking away from God's word that are leading them straight. And he's saying they're doing that a lot. I really like the next verse. It's maybe not necessary, but it, it, when I was reading this, I like I could just picture the setting, and then Jesus calling them around the people and saying, and he heard the people to him again, and he said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going into him can defile him, but it's the things that come out of a person are what defile him. So a minute ago when we were talking about what's in us and who we are needs to be what's in the Bible and what it is, and that's what needs to be coming out of us is what's in the Bible and not so much um, anything, anything else. Comments?
All right. And God will not tolerate anything that's unauthorized. Right? We all know that. We're aware of it. Even if it may, if it's if the intentions are good. Right? Who's got an example of when somebody disobeyed with good intentions? Uzzah. Uzzah disobeyed with good intentions. Right? Reached out to steady the ark. I mean. Obviously, he thought he was doing the right thing. That's not what was supposed to happen. Uh, so we got to be careful that sometimes we don't make things happen or try to do things because, you know, we're blinded by our good intentions and therefore, but actually we're disobeying what God said. Um, uh, there are several, uh, several, like Israel's worship wasn't acceptable, right? Um, that's something that, uh, we see in um, Matthew 15. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry, that was the Pharisees in Matthew 15. Uh, Israel's worship in Malachi 1. Um, what about in Numbers 20 with Moses uh, striking the rock? Was he supposed to strike the rock with staff? He was supposed to what? Speak. Was there consequences for not doing it the way God said it? Absolutely. Um, he was still expecting the same outcome, but um, he didn't do it the way that he was instructed to do. So when we don't respect God and obey God's authority, there will be consequences, no matter if the intentions are good or not. Um, there's a section that I have in, in the notes here about um, doing strange things, as you see in the Bible, where it says a lot of strange things. Uh, those are just things that are not authorized by God. And we have to make sure that we don't ever find ourselves uh, involved in in strange things like uh, uh, Ahab and Bayou offered strange fire. Uh, King Solomon uh, loved strange women. Uh, e- Israel did evil against God and married marrying strange women. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah they went after strange flesh. Um, we're just war- we're just warned about this. And when men pursue that which is strange to God's authority, again destruction awaits. So. Um, I know we're running out of time here, so I, I kind of want to conclude this a little bit um, and wrap this up. But ultimately, we recognize where authority comes from. We recognize where it is for us to find it. We must learn to, to be silent when the Bible is silent. We need to speak where the Bible speaks. We need to call Bible things by Bible names and do Bible things in Bible ways. And um, the Bible alone is our, that is our standard in all things. Um, so again, um, our, source of God, our source of authority comes from God. Uh, we need that authority in all our lives. We don't need to reject that authority. We need to understand it and respect it and obey it 100%. And um, I think as long as um, we realize that... Um, we'll be doing the right things and we'll have a much uh, higher success rate of also helping others and uh, getting them to Christ. Any questions or anything before we wrap up? Comments? Thoughts? I appreciate it. Thank you all for a good class.